Hi, this is uh, Eyal Shai, and you're about to hear an installment out of a series called Deep Hanging Out Community. It's me speaking with my friend Catherine Widewis about community and different aspects of community, like society versus the individual, uh, the dark side of community, how to establish communities and maintain them, and much more. So I hope you enjoy. Hey, Catherine. Hello. What's up? It's so good to talk with you again. Yes, it's, it's been a while. It's been about two months since the third episode of this series. And we've both been through uh, very interesting experiences of meeting online friends in real life, as they say, as if uh, the virtual world isn't real in some way. Uh, but... Yeah, and I we just thought that it would be a great occasion to share our stories that uh, really relate to community in the most uh, real way possible, and also talk a little bit about uh, creation, which is maybe what could be the thing that really makes a community stick together in the end, the shared uh, sense of meaning and uh, the shared experience of, of uh, creating things. Hmm. Yes, we, we have both had exciting adventures. So yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about what happened with me, which is still yeah. fresh in my mind. I came back uh, last Wednesday, so that's eight days ago from Austria. And I spent only five days there, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met with um, Gibran and Nikolaus, and we just bonded. It was, it was maybe more of a bonding trip than even creating because we haven't presented anything to the world yet. Um, we haven't really uh, convened to create anything in specific, uh, specifically, but it was just uh, an amazing experience meeting these people who are... Um, previously have just been talking heads just like we are now right on a screen and with all the benefits that that come with talking with people online i am i think that the first thing we can agree about agree on is that it it does not match the actual experience of smelling other people (laughs) (laughs) what a fascinating way to say that (laughs) it's so true though it's so true. I feel like smell is such an underrated um, aspect of, of human interaction. But yeah, <laughs> embodied people are so much more exciting yes. than people on a screen. It's true. Yeah. So how I'm, I'm curious, just even with, with that, how were your expectations on, um, how did your expectations match up to reality in terms of these friends you met? Yeah, it's, it's amazing because... It, it really exceeded all expectations. I think that growing up, I, I really did feel like um, an odd bird. And I do have a, a good friend from my childhood that, that was there for me and has the, we had a, a shared sense of humor. So he helped me get through a place. I wasn't by, I was by no means um, lacking friends or anything like that. But some of the, deeper levels of just being a nerd let's let's say it like that 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 is hard to come by um 
in the real world in a, in a small kibbutz or village. And in that sense, I think the vignette that kind of says the most is the fact that they went with Gibran and Nico into the Cathedral of Salzburg. And we went inside and there was this huge plaque with um, Latin inscription on it. And I was starting to read it in Latin. And, you know, to my surprise, they did not go away to do something else, but they were like nerding it out with me. They're like, what does it say in Latin? And I'm like, that is the first time that anyone has ever stuck with me as I was going yes. through the Latin, you know, and, and doing oh, my, weird, my weird stuff. And I was going around the city and I was trying to see about the plants. I'm a plant nerd. I'm like, what's this tree? Is this a beach? Is this a hornbeam? Is this a... And they stuck with me the whole time. And when they did that with their passions, uh, I stuck with them. So that was amazing, you know, and it's not that I didn't have an idea. Like these are people I've been, I've been having conversations with, but it was, it was grand. Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. And you know what that also makes me think of is, uh, I'm not sure that I knew that you were a plant nerd. And so it's funny to like in, in, digital, you know, kind of online relationships, we find, we find the obvious immediate ways that we overlap pretty quickly, you know, and it's like the obvious ways that we like to connect or mutual interests or whatever. But when you're actually spending time with someone over an extended amount of time, you start to learn them as more of a holistic person as well. And so even just that chance for now, these friends to walk around with you for several days and like, get to know that you love reading Latin when you see the Latin inscriptions and you love plants. Like what a gift also to be seen in that way, but then for them to be able to know that aspect of you too. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, plant, plant lovers are provincial creatures, right? I know the plants around my house. I, did, I didn't know any of the plants in Austria and I tried hard not to go down uh, that rabbit hole because <laughs> why? There's a limit to, to what plants I should know. Um, but yeah, it, it was just fantastic. And we came with the idea of, of doing some uh, video work together. And, and that relates to your question, like how do you actually um, make something that's just this meeting, okay, how do you get to work? And again, there, it was super natural. It was, I think, just, just giving the time because obviously we had, I think we were talking for all our waking hours, I think there, and you know, just trying yeah. to get as much as much time together as possible. But after three days or so, we just kind of landed, and we had a, a whole big house to ourselves, and it was just like, okay, time time to play, you know. And this was the this was the point to play and not to rush anything, not to do anything in particular, and learn. And eventually it was just five days and I'm pretty sure it was just the first time of many, hopefully. Yeah. So talk me through how this trip came together. How did you meet these friends and how did you decide that you needed to meet up in Austria? Yeah. Uh, Twitter, interintellect. Um, so actually, uh, my friend Reddy from the interintellect and Twitter, I met him on, on Racket. Oh, it's you introduced me to, which was yeah. this fantastic little app for uh, impromptu um, recording conversations or, or um, solo monologues. 
but I met Reddy and we just had this vibe going on where we could just be hitting record and immediately going on into this like deep conversation. Out I remember of these conversations. <laughs> yeah. And and he introduced me to, to Nicolas, I think, uh, who is Austrian. So that explains the, the Austria part. Um, and Gibran, I met on the Interintellect and spoke with him in, um, over Zoom, recorded a magnificent podcast episode with him, which I highly recommend anyone listening to go listen to that one just because of his personal story of how his daughter uh, survived her first three months of life and, and what it took to, to help her survive. Um, but anyway... It was basically me and Nico wanting to, to start making things real and meeting and moving beyond the, the meta sphere of, of Twitter and the content creation sphere where everything is like, here's how you do it. You should just be grinding. You should just be um, putting in the work and all that. And here are five tips and here are 15 tips. And it was like, well, you could read those forever, right? We need to get... Uh, get down to business and get get stuff done and play with stuff. Um, so we just kind of said, okay, we're going to meet. And I literally just tweeted something about, uh, you know, who else is coming? And Jibon was like me. And I was like, that is amazing. That oh, that just, is amazing. Yeah. So you just kind of put out an open call. Were you hoping that people would respond to it? Or were you just sort of, yeah. Just yeah, kind of yeah. What did and you think? Yeah, what happened? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, it was a welcome addition um yeah i mean creativity is just growing exponentially i mean mm. people who are creative by themselves are amazing really um when you add another person creativity is bound to arise just because yes. you're speaking with another person who's never going to say what you expected them to say exactly and mm -hmm. so a new thought is is guaranteed there so with three people that grows exponentially, and that's just mm -hmm. uh, fantastic. So we put this together. Nico is from Austria. I was supposed to meet Olga, who's also a friend, uh, but we couldn't make it work this time. Um, and yeah, that's that's how it it came to be. And and there's definitely uh, a wish for for more in the future, which is the best point. Yeah. So how did you? it sounded like the frame was a creative meetup. It was, I want to meet up with friends, but also make some things together. How did you guys decide, did you have any sort of discussion or decision about what you wanted to make? Or did you intentionally kind of keep it as, let's just be friends and be creative around each other? Yeah, I think we, we all wanted to experiment with uh, video specifically, and uh, but we didn't know what to do. Uh, Nico has background in improv, so... Mm. Um, he led one very fun session where we did improv, which was to me more than just the creativity and the fact that I, I made something was therapeutic, like not, nothing short of therapeutic and healing and uh, just an amazing experience. So I'm definitely going to to keep on, on doing that in the future. Uh, so it's really all these aspects, I think. I think it's it's not just the the creativity. It's not just the creating something. But um, I later had a discussion with with someone who correctly said that you know uh, this shared creation is not just a nice thing to have. It's it's vital. Um, mm. 
I think that that could be a reason why it's it's hard to talk about starting a tribe or building a tribe or building a community because it's it's the meta thing and people yes. are very much conscious of of the rules of the yes. of the basics that are going to keep this community afloat or functioning and it's only now that I'm talking to you that I'm realizing you know how often do we ask ourselves like what is this community going to create mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is a very central question i yes. think now when i think about it um so i'd I say like... that that it's um it was the the creativity and now we didn't say anything specific but it was improv and then and then some, some other things and then um yeah, just being with friends and and really what what I was fascinated with is the healing aspect too of the creative work. Hmm. I want to come back to the healing and creativity bit, but first I just wanted to say that I I think your point about what grows out of a community is such an important one. Um, communities are, I mean, I think the desire for any sort of community is that it's generative in some way. And that can look like a lot of different things that could be like, we are an intentional community and what's generative is our children. And this is now a generational kind of community. Um, but I, I share that question. And I think this is something we've talked about in past conversations and, and episodes is, um, what community is formed around and what the purpose kind of is. And there's a way in which if you're talking about intentionally structuring a community around a set of goals and rules and morals and values, that, that's one form of community. But there's also community that grows as totally a second order effect just out of the intimacy and the trust and the belonging that happens when you are doing something else. It's like when you're focused on something else together, mm -hmm. um, that kind of, that's more of the belonging side of community where it's just like you develop a shorthand, you develop a trust and a rapport, but that's not the point. The point was making something creative. And then you kind of have this community that, that grows out yes. of that as well. And that's such an interesting difference. Um, I share the sense that when people spend so much time focusing on what is community and what is the community and how do we need to connect with each other? And my question is always like, but for, for what? Is it just to feel... Is it to feel seen? Because there's a million ways to do that. You know, why are we why are we getting bogged down in the process um, when it's the, the ways that we feel seen on um, stretch so far beyond uh, communication about values or like verbal communication about values? You know, and I think creativity is such a beautifully intimate way to be seen and to be responded to and to feel known um, that yeah, that's just, it's a different way to think about community, um, which maybe does actually loop us around to, to creativity and healing. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, in a sense, you know, the, the, um, the, the example for this would be uh, the young men who are sent into war, you know, and they share foxhole and they come out as brothers for life, you know, and it really doesn't matter what, their interests were before or after, but just this, yeah. this bond that is created. And of course we want to replace foxholes with, um, with studios, uh, that'd be nice. Uh, but that's, that's the effect that it creates. And what you say really makes me think of how, even though we talk about community, we want to belong. I think that a lot of the talk about um, the ground rules 
um, the the ethos, um, whatever of the community is kind of all talking about guaranteeing that I'm gonna get what I need out of it, so mm. that so that um, my rights are not infringed upon um, and 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 such things, but really jumping into the doing, which is completely kind of and it's, it's an open-ended thing right it's like let's try to make something beautiful or or elegant is is so very vague uh but once once you engage with it all these things all these benefits that you just mentioned just kind of show up and it's not something that you could have prepared for it's not something that you could necessarily no, that would even work because mm -hmm. starting a band, starting a yep. a collective or something, yep. you really don't know until you you just give it a try because all these people, some people who might share a lot of values with you for whatever reason, uh, could be hard to to collaborate with. And in that sense, I was just, uh, and Nico was telling me after a time in Austria, it was like he did feel that it was a Beatles moment. And I, I totally agree. It was, and it's amazing. I'm not taking it for granted because I could have prepared for it as, as well as I wanted, knowing mm. these people online, but coming in there and doing something different that's totally open-ended and unknown uh, could have had different results. And I'm just really grateful that um, this focus on doing something without really any focus on what I'm going to get from it uh, yeah. is the thing that ends up to be most conducive to well-being. Oh, that's so beautifully said. And I so agree that I think um, certainly when I think back on creative collaborations I've been a part of, there's a distinct kind of quality difference between when you're just in it with people and you're just making to make, it's just emergent. It's kind of like, what else could we do? Oh, this is really fun. And you're fully focusing in like responsive to what's happening in the moment. That feels comprehensively different than when you're in a creative collaborative environment where it's like, okay, here's the deadline. Here's what we have to deliver. Here's, you know, it's sort of, there's much more of kind of a project management mm. of creativity happening. And that's not a bad thing. Um, I've had, I've been in lots of scenarios where that's felt really good. But it, it feels different, maybe that's not even the right frame to use. It feels different when you're sort of forcing something, when you recognize that I want to get something out of this and you start thinking, why aren't I getting what I wanted out of this? And that's mm -hmm. when kind of the, the panic and the clenching starts. And it's like, well, I wanted this thing to be creative and collaborative in a certain way and everything kind of gets keyed up. And that's so different than what you're talking about, which is just this beautiful present being present to the moment and letting it emerge. And that's, um, it's really magic when that happens. I think it feels like magic, right? It, it does. It does. And, you know, this is, this is again, the first time I'm thinking about like on, on a personal level, I already knew that part of a part of living well is, is being of use, right. Is being beneficial mm -hmm. to something greater than you, but I never thought about it on a societal level that it's also true for a society. A society can't be too concerned with preserving itself at, at all costs when uh, what has to be sacrificed is, is its creativity or, or flourishing in a spiritual sense. And a society just as an individual has to be 
uh, bold enough to, to go ahead and do these things that are not aimed um, at anything uh, play, right? Play, maybe playing as a society is, is something that, um, that we could think of, of putting as a, as a phrase here. And I'd really, I'd really like for us to, um, to keep thinking about what, what our experiences mean for maybe something more universal as a, as a community, like what could we take out of that? And I'm really interested to, to hear about the, the premise of, of your recent uh, excursion to, to Europe and collaboration with uh, friends. Yes. I can't wait to tell you, but I want to go back to one question, which is um, you were talking about creativity and healing, um, it, like a certain aspect of this creativity you experienced was healing. I'm really curious to hear more about that. And I, this may be a personal question, so feel free to not, not answer in detail, but kind of like what, what qualities can you pinpoint, if any, that helped this feel healing in a way that maybe other creative collaborations haven't? Like, is there any, is there anything that you can like articulate around what feels healing about creative collaboration and, and what are some of those elements that, um, that allow that to feel that way? Yeah, for sure. So it's interesting. It, it has to do with the, with the people I've been with, Nico and Gibran. So, you know, it's, it's not just, I, I can only talk about this very, um, specific experience but it just so happens that both of them are highly intelligent and empathic and and deep thinkers and and they have deep care for others so all, all of these are, are factors and they have just the ideas also that that i needed to to kind of imbue myself with um but <clears throat> really just improv as, as an art is, is just something that really helps you yeah. take on different agencies and and really make your agency uh, more more clear and it's it's been the case in my life that I kind of was had the tendency of um yeah being being really uh, feeling feeling an aversion from doing certain things like I could be not even a procrastinator so much because the stuff that I want to do I do but the things that appear as chores or something like that in my life I would have a, a hard time approaching and kind of tackling them head on and uh, this was on the first evening when we met we we had this thing and I was just speaking freely with them and saying that and just they were able to come up with new ideas that already started uh, shifting things in my mind and then when we actually got to doing improv and feeling comfortable with that it just really enhanced my inherent um, feeling of intrinsic feeling of, of agency and and being able to um, just approach things with the belief that you know that this is not hard this is not scary to my soul in any way um, and I'm still, I'm still, it's still the wording isn't there yet, which is interesting because this is one of these things where really it's my behavior that changed way before I can even put it in words. And, and right now would be the first time that I'm doing it and here I am struggling. So it's still something that's yeah. as a thought crystallizing in my head and I can't wait for it to, to be crystallized because then I can maybe express it better. Um, but because it was not, um, 
a very project oriented thing. Yep. We had just as much time as friends sorting things out. So I feel like that was yeah. that was perfect for me at, at that point in time. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I can't wait to see what else emerges. Um, me too. <laughs> yeah. You guys go forward. Um, so you're asking about my experience. Yes. So um, I am part of something called the Bloom Collective. And that emerged out of a lot of um, disparate friendship uh, nodes kind of on Twitter and through the intellect as well. Um, and this, we did not plan to become a collective. Um, we, uh, um, we all had met and had, you know, lots of different conversations, but I don't think any of us had met all of each other before. Um, and so what happened was uh, one of my friends, um, we ended up gathering uh, at a friend's house last summer. Um, and last summer was sort of our equivalent to the experience that you just had. And uh, we were in Southern France, you were in Austria, um, but we, we gathered and all met. And it was just out of this mutual understanding of um, we all need space to be creative in a way that we're not really able to be in our lives right now for whatever reasons we need a little more time we'd like to all meet you know in person and let's just see who's around and can can make this happen and the group that showed up it was just this radically uh beautiful generative week that we shared it also was i think six days i mean it was a brief a brief amount of time, but, but also when you're thinking about it, that's a long, that's a long time to spend with people that you haven't actually met in person before. And so it, yes. is, it is a leap of faith. It's a leap of friendship faith in that way, you know? Um, and again, all of us knew, all of us knew at least a couple other people that were there, but I don't think any of us had really kind of deeply gotten to know everyone. Um, and so it was that beautiful sort of, um, everyone is relatively known and relatively trusted, but it's still kind of all new. Um, and that week was just this astonishing week of there was no agenda, there was no plan. Um, we thought maybe we'd, you know, each work on writing projects or something else. And instead, what emerged was just constant conversation, constant exploration, um, people showing different, uh, you know, one woman is this really incredible um, GAN digital artist, and she was kind of showing us the the AI algorithms you can um, feed into. The, I don't know, I'm explaining it terribly, but you can create beautiful digital art out of algorithms that I clearly don't actually understand on a computational level. But it's amazing to see. And then, you know, someone else speaks multiple languages and was teaching someone else in the collective how to speak different languages. And it was just like, I just looked around the room and I was like, this is this is a form of heaven. I mean, I really think it is where it's just like, you're over there in the corner playing chess, you're over there playing piano, you're learning languages, like everything you were talking about, kind of your deepest nerd self feeling actualized was so true for me as well, where I thought, oh, people care about the stories I read in childhood. Oh, people, you know, people want me to play my violin in front of them. I never have people say that. <laughs> exactly. And, and in an important way, um, that was a really beautiful experience of feeling not only known, but like free to be myself. Um, it's not only that people never really want to hear me play violin. It's that I don't want, I feel very vulnerable about that. I've played violin for, I mean, my whole life, but for whatever reason, for performance anxiety or whatever else, I don't like 
practicing it in my house. I don't like playing. I get very kind of shy and nervous about playing it unless I'm in a band and I'm on stage and then it's fine. <laughs> but like, but actually go, go kind of figure. Go figure. I know that's the, that's the performer in me being like, Oh, if there's a stage with lights, I can do it. <laughs> no, but I don't, it's, it's like, it's a weird, it's something I've always felt shy about. And so to suddenly be in a room with people that I had never met in person, I only knew some of them from online and they were saying, this is, this is so beautiful. How amazing that you play this. Um, one of them was like, oh, my wife is learning how to play violin. And it's just kind of like, there was these amazing, um, this amazing permissiveness to just be who you are and just be, um, be creative in any way that you want to be that was allowed. And so it was just really, um, there was a lot of healing there, I think. And there was a lot of kind of freedom that emerged out of that. And so that was this really kind of shimmering magic, um, first meetup. And so coming out of that, um, we just began to start talking about what would it look like to make things a little more intentionally together? What would it look like to kind of do creative work in more of a formal capacity. Um, and we had a couple of, a couple of examples of doing that. Um, you may remember, so I, I did a um, sort of public research project last fall um, that involved people taking selfies and right. uh, going through kind of a, a, a yeah, study. We, we, meant, we mentioned it on the, on the podcast. Okay, great. Yes, I'm forgetting all the ground we've covered. Um, and so uh, one of the women that was there last summer, Patricia, who's now a very dear friend of mine, she she became a collaborator with me in that because she loves curation. And so we sort of collaborated on curating that gallery together. Um, so there's, there's small kind of instances of collaboration that have very organically come out of that summer. Um, what's interesting to me, and I hadn't thought about this until we were talking, but um, it feels like I'm sort of like, maybe my experience is like one or two steps after the experience you just had. It's sort of like, okay, now what happens when we actually try to make something creative together in a little, a little more intent. Um, so that's funny. I think narratively we set this up very well. So we had this amazing um, kind of open-ended loose generative experience. Um, and then we a little bit, a little bit on a whim and just to kind of see if we could do it, we applied for a grant uh, last fall and we got it. And the grant was to, um, gather artists, you know, kind of art, those of us that were kind of in this collective now, um, gather artists together to spend a week together making, um, creating an exhibit. And so we got uh, a small pot of money, mostly just enough to pay our transportation fees to all meet, meet in one place. Um, to spend a week together, um, sharing a house again and making art um, for an exhibit. And so we met up in Berlin. Um, and that was a very, that was a, a different form of creative community and a new step for us. So where, where your experience and my experience we've talked about was just a meet up and be known and be seen and, and kind of play around with things. This now became, there actually is a project. We actually do have to execute something, um, but an opportunity for us to learn how to collaborate together um, as creative people. And so the, the, um, the week that we had in Berlin was um, come together and create an exhibit. So that was, that was the goal of this last, this last experience, yeah. Was it the exact same group from France that, that came over? 
yes, it was, everyone was able to, everyone was able to join again, which was really special. And so I think that the one, there's so many things we could talk about with that, but, um, the, the ability to have repetition, um, is so important. I mean, friendship develops on repetition, you know, kind of depth of depth of contact, but also frequency of contact. And I think it was, um, really special that, um, the same arrangement could, could meet up twice so that we just sort of, um, we had that kind of same, um, yeah, the, the same ingredients, um, that kind of, that kind of intimacy and opportunity for, for closer relationship. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. And was there, uh, any sort of notion of trying to build something long-term? Uh, so I'm even interested, I'm, I'm even interested in the, in the choice of, of, framing the whole thing as as forming a collective right yeah, it, yeah. it's kind of a serious word right it's it's almost it like um uh, like a society or a tribe or or something like that how how did that come about did, did someone actually raise the idea of hey let's be a collective um does a collective have um a set of of rules and and mm -hmm values or how did it come about exactly yeah um i think i will say we hold the word collective lightly so we've also kicked around society is it a squad is it a, you know what's are we a team what's the right word and so we don't I, I think we put more stock in the fact that we are bloom um as a as a you know some some assortment of people um, and, but it is, the, that's, those are great questions. And I honestly think everything was so organic in our case that what actually happened was, um, uh, we were all leaving and we were all devastated to leave because, uh, this was back, you know, the first time we met up, um, back in, in, in France, um, we were kind of like, it was kind of bizarrely devastating to leave. Um, and I don't know if you had a similar experience in Austria, but it was like, just meeting people in person and having them be like just so much more significantly wonderful than you could have even expected um, just based on, on your digital interaction so far was so meaningful. And it, it, it felt like there was so much more to talk about and so much more to learn. And we all were kind of like, well, we don't want this to end. So the first thought was, what do we do? And we already had a WhatsApp group and we were like, oh, well, we'll make a discord server. Of course, <laughs> the, the first step for any sort of ongoing <laughs> right. you know, like potentially community conversation. Um, and then I think, um, what's really beautiful is it is an example, I think of um, friendship and creative impulse kind of um, ultimately accidentally forming this sense of, of a, you know, kind of unified um, group. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a, you know, we were talking earlier about kind of what comes first, creativity or community. Um, and I'm not sure that there is a clear answer, but in this case, it was almost like friendship and a creative spirit came first. And then a sense of, well, maybe we're a group and we should try things more came second. Um, but that was, that was a very generative idea. I don't, I don't think we ever sat down and had a formal conversation about it. Um, it was just sort of, well, we know this is obvious. And, you know, the first couple of days after, especially the discord was just 
going off. <laughs> we'll yeah. go through seasons, you know, we'll go through seasons where it's far more active and it's, it's far quieter. And, you know, we're mm-hmm. all sort of back in our lives doing our own things versus really talking about things. But um, yeah, it was just sort of, I think from there um, we, you know, different, different people had different ideas. I think a couple of members were very excited about trying to formalize something pretty quickly. And a couple other members were much more wanting to say, look, this was beautiful. Let's just kind of keep this generative magic going. And so it was just a very kind of light, responsive negotiation all the way through of what do we feel like we're ready to stand down on? What do we feel like we need to create in terms of parameters, if any? Um, And a lot of it has just felt like this sort of gentle, easy oh, here's a chance for us two to collaborate. Oh, here's a chance for the three of us to collaborate. But all along, there's been a spirit of, um, if, there's a, if there's a work that any of us are embarking on that we want any sort of collaboration or support on, um, that invitation is usually thrown out to the whole group. And so people know that they can join in on this. Most people, you know, it's, and so it's very easy self-selected. It's kind of like, no, no, that's your thing. I don't have time or I'm not really that interested. I don't quite get it, but I, you know, go you, this is great. You know, lots, of, lots of supportive emojis or, um, as is, as has also happened, um, people will say, yeah, actually like that, that vision you had a long time ago is actually something that I really want to see in the world. And like, I have my own set of resources that I can do to help you pursue this and let, let's try to do this together. And so we're still very early on. There's not been that much that's grown out of this yet, but, um, in that way, it just felt, uh, it's felt very kind of step-by-step step. as things emerge, we kind of get to talk about, do we want to do this or not? And so the grant idea came about um, because a few folks were excited to just say, what, I wonder if we could get money to play around, you know? Can by, we? by the way, Catherine, how many, how many people does the group include? Oh my gosh, I have to count. I think eight. Nine. Oh, well, circa eight. Yeah, yeah. Eight, nine, ten. Um, it's 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 a little fuzzy also because um we some people's partners are involved but haven't been able to like are very much part of the group but haven't been able to show up in person and what have you. So it's like there's there's a little bit it's a little bit permeable in terms of total. Yeah, no, I I as long as I just in general the general idea, yeah. Yeah, yeah, eight to ten. Um but uh yeah. So I think on um, how, uh, how this grant emerged was we had started thinking, you know, there's, we, we have no lack of ideas. Any one of us individually is constantly coming up with more ideas than we could ever possibly execute. And then altogether, we, you know, have a ton of ideas. And what if we just, um, what if we just saw if there was a way to get to put some funding to some of those ideas. And so this grant came across, uh, Rick, one of the members that came across his desk and he just said, I think we should go for this. And we said, okay, and then it worked, which was amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. And how, yeah. how did you have any idea what you were going to, to create in what medium or media or? Yeah, good question. Yes and no. Um, we, in order to create the proposal, um, we came up with a theme and what we really wanted to talk about was the idea of loneliness and belonging during the pandemic. Um, very much topical for the things that we're talking about, but, um, this question of how can we, how can we create art around, um, isolation and belonging, um, and, and especially in some way have it some, some sort of reflective 
have it be some sort of reflective work on the last couple of years. Um, and that felt cool. That ended up actually becoming much more special than I had really anticipated um, because what, sometime midweek when we, you know, we all sort of brought uh, ideas that we had had, questions we had had, um, we did not have a specific medium or a specific project planned out in advance, um, which both was good and also proved a challenge. So we can talk about the challenges of the challenges of, uh, you know, a week long sprint together as well. Um, but I think what we did do some of our calls before meeting up was um, just starting to think around and, and articulate what were things we started during the pandemic? What were, you know, what were things we made as a result of our own isolation? And in my case, I started sketching digitally, um, which I had not done, and it just became this really beautiful um, practice for me of, I don't have any ego around it. I don't have, I also don't have any insecurity around it. It's just something I enjoy doing. So I just started and that was a beautiful thing. Um, someone else in the group started painting during the pandemic. Um, someone else wrote, I mean, hundreds of journals of stuff. And so he went back and started reading through his journals um, from the time. And so about midweek, when we were all together in Berlin, I just really, it really hit me how special it was to actually have the opportunity to kind of go back and dive into our own experiences of the pandemic, but do that in the presence of others. Um, and like actually be able to go back and explore our own creativity, our own relationship to creativity during this time. And to do that in the presence of others who I was only meeting for the second time in person ever, but it felt like because we had had this first in-person magical experience and we had been in, in really regular communication since, they still felt very dear. It was very trusted friends. It was, you know, kind of this very safe space to, to explore all these things together. So that was a lot. I'm not even sure that was a linear narrative in any way. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, we're not into the linear, whatever. We're I know, being it's creative. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if if we if we were to to connect this uh, back to maybe like community and things working together, um, yeah. making yourself part of a team, uh, what what are some of the salient experiences that that you had related to that? Yeah. Um, several. I mean, really, on every level. I think. I think. It is really interesting um, the, the ways that you can be in relationship with each other. Um, and in our experience, um, we started as friends online. And then when we met up the first time, it was sort of like, that was like petal one of this flower. And like when we met up in person and realized we had all of this beautiful overlapping creative energy and kind of creative spirit, that was sort of like, pedal to unfurled where it became like, oh, we really understand like we're, things kind of feel electric when, when any two of us are in conversation, but especially like you said, when you add a third or fourth, it just mm. really starts to be something beautiful. And then it was like over time in the intervening six months since that first <clears throat> gathering happened, we've since, because we've gotten to know each other so much better, have become a real space of, um, vulnerability, intimacy, support of all kinds, um, it, it just kind of verbal encouragement, but also just like really finding ways to support each other in our dreams. And that's like this kind of third pedal of community. It's like actually that, that support in, in every way. 
And then what we hit, it, it felt like this distinct shift when we showed up in Berlin and there was a, there was a project, there was a grant. It was now this fourth question of, okay, how do we collaborate together with a real goal and a real point and a real project? Then that's like another kind of pedal of this, this ways of, um, these ways of interacting. And so um, I think one of the really salient things just at that level for me was understanding how beautifully complex and interconnected every aspect of um, belonging is when you talk about community. There's like all of those things I mentioned are beautiful ingredients. And it's not like you have to have all of them to have a community, but, but they're each the way you get to know each other happens at all these different levels. Um, and so that was just really interesting to, to feel that like, oh, this is a different group if you're talking about it being friends versus like really like investors in each other's lives versus creative partners versus like now we're actually going to we're actually going to build stuff together. Um, so that's just very cool as as we all start to meet up in person more and as we all start to, you know, kind of all of us, just all of, all of us who are internet friends, as we start to figure out like, what is community and meeting up in person look like? Um, just kind of having this new appreciation for the many different dimensions of relating that, that happen. Um, I think from this project specifically, uh, that shift into um, creative work against a, a sort of project timeline and calendar, that's a really different energy. Um, and I think I, we ended up really, really cool things came out of that. And it was also a challenge because, you know, our first meetup had been this beautiful generative, it's just sort of lay around magical experience. And this time it was like, okay, um, how do we structure, you know, functionally, it, it felt like a design sprint. I'm a designer. So it, it, I've, saw it in the design sprint language of like, okay, it's divergence, then it's convergence. And we regroup, you know, this many times a day and it's all whatever. So I was like, I probably went too far into project management mode. Um, but I think um, it was, it was interesting to kind of say, okay, how do we now as a group, um, how do we make sure we're surfacing our goals for what we want to come out of this? How are we also checking in as friends about how we, you know, how we're feeling, how we're our whole lives that we're bringing um, beyond the creative project, but then also what do we actually want to make? And knowing that it's now going from big dreams or in the moment generative work to like, we actually, we actually have to make some decisions about what we want to make. Um, and that is, um, yeah, that just requires kind of constant, constant communication and, and checking in, I think as a group, which we did a lot of each day. Um, it still felt very generative. I think we switched ideas and directions of the project around three different times during the week, which is, mm -hmm. which is to be expected. And that's good. Yes. It's like, we're, we're exploring. And then we, you know, we, we came in with this idea and then we were sort of like, I don't actually think that speaks to what we're feeling and what we want to be doing in the moment, completely checked it out, brought in a totally new idea and then realized that idea felt great, but we just kept hitting roadblocks in terms of coming up with actual, um, exhibit, you know, gallery things we wanted, chucked that idea out, brought in a third one that felt similar to the first. <laughs> it's just kind of like constantly, um, I think, I think the, the salience there was, um, trusting each other and trusting, um, all of our different, trusting our different creative capabilities, but also trusting each other as friends and as collaborators to 
know that we all wanted um we all wanted an exhibit that felt true to us and that we felt proud of having um you know been able to been able to put together and that that was a helpful kind of orienting star the whole time um yeah i want to touch on a, on a point that you mentioned and you, you mentioned before and i i didn't want to stop you then but it's it's really interesting for me i i myself mentioned that the term that we use online of in real life right and on yeah. one level on one level it's it's strange because it's it's really it's my real life i'm, I'm sitting here recording something with you and it's very real uh, it yeah. creates real thoughts in me it's going to affect me in a very real way going forward uh, but i also think it's it's not a coincidence that we that we use uh, that word and you asked me before if it, if it might have been devastating for me to come back from this paradise of just hanging out with friends and and creating so i want to i want to also relate it to the to the ways of, of relating with people and trying to eventually integrate all, yeah. all of this into one coherent life that you're actually living and i i think this is the point here why it's called in real life it's because sitting in front of the computer it, it, it's seen as some sort of an excursion outside of your regular day right and and then you go back and for me this was the same this time in austria because i went without my wife and daughter um so in that sense it, it couldn't have been devastating for me to come back home because i came back home to to the two people i love the most in the world um but there was this taste of of just wanting more right yeah. and this this is um the the challenging thing around these things is really if, if there is anything that's that's i, I don't want to say devastating is is such a, a strong word but you know how do i make this not be something that that's just happening once every few months and it's amazing yeah and yeah. and is that and and is seen as a peak experience now if i can sustainably get to a point where i have this peak experience well great that's much better than staying behind the computer forever which is much better than not having a, a computer and maybe feeling alienated in a community where you don't have these people to talk with at all but yep. how do we integrate it into something that is not disjunct from our, our normal uh, lifestyle and and how yeah. do we bring it together how do we connect this um these bursts of, of creative work with other people into something that's more uh long-lasting and and more present in our in our day-to-day -day lives and i'm interested if, if those were some questions that you Maybe it was just on a side conversations with with someone, or maybe a side conversation with yourself. But um, yeah, were there any things related to that? Oh, I've been in that sense of devastation and confusion for weeks now after coming back. So yes, very very relevant question. Um, I would say within the group, everyone says easy, just move to Europe, and I say okay, well. <laughs> It's very easy for you to say, but thank you. Um, but I, yeah, I think. But yeah, I think they're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. I mean, I'm gonna mark it just that in the, makes I'm gonna more mark sense than all of them moving to Texas. Yes. I know, I know. Um, and I think it is, it is, um, that is the question, 
right? I think that um, there is, you know, something I wanted to say or, or kind of call out about um, an experience of of doing this again, kind of for the second time. Mm. It was really interesting, especially because, like, you know, we had had this incredible um, experience the first time around. It was really interesting and important, and like really beautifully maturing to meet up again and meet up in a different space and in different circumstances with a different kind of purpose and then say, okay, now what do we learn about each other? Now, what do we understand about, you know, working together in each other's lives? And it was, it was actually really beautiful um, to get to build on that in, um, in these kind of stepping stones. you know, it just felt like every time we do this, we're going to learn more about each other. We're going to learn better how to, how to, you know, create even better things, how to be even better partners to each other through this. And, um, and so in some ways, this doesn't answer your integration question, but in terms of like, how do we, how do we build on this ourselves and with each other in a way that doesn't just make it feel like a, and then I had this amazing trip to Austria and what fun that was, you know, that actually makes it feel like it lives on is, um, figuring out where, where those conversations can happen and kind of have to happen to allow you guys to continue to deepen that, um, across, across different areas of your life. And so, um, for us, it looked like chatting in discord and WhatsApp until we could meet up again in person. I don't know what it will look like for you and your friends, but, um, I think the questions around how, how do we think about how to how to break out of this notion of just your online versus in person um, in a little more of a, um, what are the spaces kind of in between that, that blend those that can help us feel more actually in each other's lives um, in, a, in an embodied way? I don't know the answer, but that feels like a, it, it's a good question to, to poke into. Um, the larger question of integration, I don't know. Um, I don't know that I have any answers there yet. And I'm curious if you have any, it's a wonderful question. And I think that is actually going to be um, a major question of our times when it comes to community in that sense, because we are in this incredible magical moment of being able to form such intimate and deep and meaningful relationships with so many people around the world online. And like, there's, there is a renewed sense of, um, curiosity to that and exploration for that. And, um, that's beautiful. And that doesn't, we all know that being in person physically embodied, um, brings just exponentially more, uh, yeah. enjoyment and closeness and intimacy and, um, being able to see each other as, as full people. And so I don't know. I don't yeah, know what that looks like, but I know it's the question. It, it is. Do you have it's, any thoughts? Do you have it's a such a question. Well, well, first of all, you know, it's just that Nico and Jim are my friends. Now, when I think of them, I, yes, I knew them from talking with them over the screen, but now I really know them. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. so it's, it's a whole different level. And I've had this thought for a while that, you know, if it takes a serious commitment to start a, a family, let's say, if, if partners want to be parents together or even just, just have their own small uh, family cell, you know, it takes a strong commitment. And I can only imagine that we need to come up with some sort of concept of having a similar type of commitment with, with friends, you know, 
Um, and, and it's something that I'm, I'm really focused on, on finding and, and finding about, about it with my wife too, because we already have this commitment between us. Could we find people who would say, you know what, we're, we're going for it. It's like, we can meet somewhere in the middle. I think the hard part, right? The hard part in any relationship is understanding that, you know, not every whim that you had, that you had is now going to materialize because you have to, more people are involved and they have their own wishes and so on. So this grows, this so-called problem is growing with every other person that you're committed to, right? So, and I think that um, creativity and, and co-creation is, is a very good answer to that, to that confusion, because I, I don't think we really realize what the benefit is of making that commitment mm. until we create something. So, so I think that for us as a family, like uh, me and my wife, it was easy because we, we brought a child to this world and this is something that we co-create and it's, it's an amazing project. And apart from that, we have our hobbies like tending a garden and, and doing things together. But as we get more, more people into uh, real life, so-called, um, this, I now strongly believe that this is going to come about um, when we, as, as we explore with other people, what it's like to create with them. I think that would be the best criterion for making a decision to actually have some sort of a commitment with someone mm -hmm. um, because I have childhood friends around me but and and we love each other but nothing ever materializes in terms of like oh if we weren't here where would we move or something like that and I think that's because there isn't that level of just resonating so much uh, that it results in in something uh, more concrete in, in a creation. Um, and I really think this is the way forward for internet communities to, to maybe form if, if we could ever build a tribe. I, again, don't think it's going to come from the ideologies and it's never worked. We know that the ideologies never held water for very long, you know? So a lot of people came around the idea of communism or something like that. Well, in the end, that, that fell, and I think, um, for no small part because of, um, because of the fact that it was unclear what, what is created that actually is, uh, takes the whole group of people and that really gives them the, the sense that they matter, because I think it gave yeah. people the sense that they don't matter more than, than they do. Um, so this is just one example, but it's, it's super interesting for me to see if, if my experimentations with, with that is going to result in something that's even more integrated. Like, could I actually, um, um, could we actually move to Europe where, where these people that are creating, I take a leap of faith, as you say, and yeah. just, just do it. Yeah. That's so beautifully articulated, this idea that um, creativity is an act of commitment and that um, 
commitment can be built deeper deeper community deeper belonging but a, a certain degree of commitment as well can be built that that bridges digital and physical through through creativity um i think that's just so right on um and and beautifully said um and i i do think what that means is like you are together bringing something into the world um and so you are it is it is more embodied in that way but it's also like an act of co-imagination and that um but bringing that imagination into the world as well um, and i think so often um the tensions i've felt between um friendship that's that's purely digital versus friendship that's embodied is that you know in the last few years um it's been incredible to meet really incredible people online yourself very much included um and have wonderful conversations. And in that way, like the life of the mind for me has been reinvigorated. My sense of right. friendship, my like really deep connection with others has been invigorated. But what's beautiful even about, you know, us making this podcast is we're making something together and we're learning, we're learning about each other as creatives in that way as well. And we're actually saying, no, like we are friends and we are able to make something. And now this thing is going to exist in the world as its own thing. And there is something tangible we've made um, out of our friendship together. And that's really beautiful. Um, and I do think that that is enduring and embodied in a way that simply having conversations um, would not quite, would not quite be the same um, as important and beautiful as those are. Yeah, um, that's true. So in terms of, in terms of uh, we kind of, I'll just try to, to pick up where we left um, in terms of your um, week in Berlin, Yes. What was the what was the the result? Um, was the general feeling um, that you that it lived up to expectations? And then what's what what's in store next? Great question. You know what's interesting is I don't actually think any of us came in with expectations, which actually really served us. Um, I, I think that that served us really well because um, the the whole creative process, especially if you're doing a week-long sprint, especially if you're doing a week-long sprint with people that you haven't actually worked in that kind of high, high, um, or not high intensity, but, um, rapid environment with, mm -hmm. um, it never goes where you think it's going to go. So I actually think it helped all of us to just show up and say, okay, we're here, <laughs> let's try it. Um, what happened was we did have a gallery exhibit in Berlin. Um, we found a little, uh, exhibit space in a, a neighborhood called Prenzlauerberg. Um, and we had four, a four part art gallery, um, exploring different themes of belonging, um, and isolation, which was kind of where we had started. So we did this whole loop around, uh, back to our original concepts, but we had, um, we had the concept of a dinner party. Um, and so on one floor, it was kind of a three floor gallery. And on one floor we had, um, we actually had a whole feast laid out, um, real food uh, that we encouraged all of the guests to eat and they did not eat it nearly as much as we thought they would. So then we had all this leftover, these delicious leftover rolls and things. Good for you. We, exactly, exactly. We got to, we ate well the rest of the week. No, but we, um, we had a, so it was a long, a long dinner table um, with flowers and, and kind of a feast set out. And then we had um, photographs of different dinner tables that we had eaten at together. Um, so sort of this like um, photos of what different stages of a dinner party 
uh, might look like. And then we also had um, playing in the background, we had recorded one of our dinnertime conversations. And so when you walked in, you just kind of had the sense of ongoing, there's laughter, conversation, you can hear chopping in the kitchen and dishes clinking, kind of playing as you walk into this space. Um, so we invited others to kind of be part of our conversation that had already happened. Um, and then we also did uh, some generative art around dinners that don't in fact exist. Um, and so one of the artists, Elena, took a bunch of uh, different existing uh, photos of meals and then fed them into this um, GAN, you know, generative art network. DALI type thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we actually did this. I think it was the day that DALI really became very mm. popular on Twitter. I think our exhibit was the next day. And so we were like, it's just like DALI. It's not DALI, but you get it. <laughs> So that was funny. It was like, it's not quite mid-journey or Dolly, but it's really similar. Like, here's what it is. Um, but it was amazing because my th this was my favorite part of this piece of the exhibit was um, it all of this, all of these dinners looked, I mean, you if you walked in, we had it on a projector and there was just, you know, a grid of dinners being shown. And it looked, um, they all looked like, okay, like bowls of salad and pasta. Okay. And then you'd look a little closer and realize none of them actually made sense. You know, there was soup that sort of was like curled, curdled around the edges that looked like maybe a pie or like there was, um, what looked like a bowl of granola, but then it had macaroons on top. And you were like, you would never do that. Or like something that looked like, um, you know, it was like this bright kind of, uh, like almost like beet juice, just like on top of a salad. And you're like, what on earth? <laughs> it's just, it's like one of the many ways that I think, um, with digital art, as we are training these algorithms to get better and better, and they're getting shockingly good, shockingly yeah. quickly, but like <laughs> it understood color, texture, proportion, heft, all of these different visual components, but it didn't understand what you would actually eat together. <laughs> so it just was like, so just the uh, Elena's tagline was this dinner does not exist. <laughs> it's just, um, so it was sort of this whimsical idea of um, dinner, uh, dinner together and what that, what that, the joys of being together in a space around a real table, listening to a real conversation um, versus being alone or, or being in weird generative art world with mm -hmm. <laughs> all kinds of dinners. So that was one exhibit. We also had um one of the other members, Harry, did created this original score that was playing in the background, um, interspersed with different voice notes that we had left to each other or to others um, throughout the pandemic. And personally, for me, I had never left voice notes as messages really before that. And I'm now a voice note. That's just how I communicate <laughs> with friends. Um, and so that that was a new pandemic behavior that emerged. But we looked at kind of on. Um, different kinds of voice notes that we would sort of send to each other in a way that kind of felt like closeness, even though we were hurling it into the distance. Um, and we had that playing in the background of a different level of the gallery so people could walk through and then kind of hear snippets of, of voice calls. Um, and we did more generative art around our own personal uh, pandemic experiences. So um, our 2020, our 2021, and our 2022, what that what that felt like for each of us and kind of made some like this beautiful representative digital art out of that. Um, and then looked at our communication patterns with loved ones um, over the pandemic and kind of um, created a scatter plot of, um, I think it was just from WhatsApp um, and uh, Anton helped kind of spearhead this one around um, what, uh, yeah, what are the frequency of our communications with the different contacts in our phone book, what that looked like over the pandemic. And so you saw people that 
we're suddenly talking, hadn't been talking at all. And we're suddenly talking at the beginning of 2020 and then suddenly never talked again. <laughs> so that was, that was the early hump where we were all sort of creating zoom calls with anyone we'd ever known in life, <laughs> sort of, um, you know, like, oh yeah, let's get this group back together again. And there was kind of all that early energy. And then it just trickled <laughs> off, you know? Um, so that was really interesting too, to um, kind of track, look at our own, like just be able to visualize, um, digital communication patterns uh during that time so i think i think i hit all the different pieces of the exhibit there were a lot it was it was nice yeah it sounds yeah. sounds wonderful and yeah. what what about like going uh going forward is the is the pattern going to um to keep on going yes i think going forward that was that was a really tremendous experience of um seeing seeing what we could do intentionally as as a collective of people um really coming together around around this big group <laughs> this big group project <laughs> really was what it was um so i think um you know the the real joy was i think and this is true of any creative collaboration the real joy was not only making something that you wouldn't have had the idea for, that that you necessarily couldn't have even done alone. Um, there were many elements to this exhibit that I could yes. not have personally produced. And there were other, there were lots of elements that I could have, and that was true for everyone that participated. And I think it was not just um, how do we get new and different ideas, but it was how do we, how do we teach each other techniques and tactics? How do we, how do we learn and grow? through this as well. Um, and so I think that is just such a joy of any collaboration um, and certainly something we want to do more of is finding ways that we can kind of expand and build on each other's capacities as well for, for new things like this in the future. So we don't have any formalized what's next plans, but we've got a couple different projects in the hopper and we'll see what hits. Yeah, well, will you try to meet every year though? I think that's the hope. I think that's nice. the hope. It feels important. Um, and it's tricky, you know, people's lives are their lives and, you know, we don't, even though several, several of the folks are in Europe, it's still, they're not all in the same country and yeah. a few of us aren't even on that continent. And so it's, we'll see what we can do, but that's definitely the hope. Yeah. Well, I, I really hope it, it works out and uh, there's some sort of continuity over years for sure, because that's, that would be really interesting to uh, to really do that. And you know, the next time you're in Europe, yeah, let's let's uh, let's meet. The, we'll meet up for our own, to, yeah. Yeah, our own creative adventure. No, same. And I'm I'm so curious to hear what comes out of your experience as well. It sounds just fabulous. And um, these things are they're just generative. You know, follow follow wherever the creative spirit is leading you on that one. But. Um, It'll yeah, be really for sure. I've, I've already been trying to find dates in my calendar to to do it again, and you know, Nico is working on a on an app that will allow us to do improv uh, remotely and um, asynchronously. So, uh, really looking forward to that. And who knows, you know? But I'm I'm really quite uh, grateful for some of the ideas that we that we floated together in a mm -hmm. creative manner. You know, because it, it really um, brought new ideas to my mind around how communities, they are their own thing with its own life and they do truly transcend us individuals and they should be creative in their own right for their own sake, not, you yeah. know, not even, not even considering us on an individual level. And, 
you know, the benefits trickle down, but it's not something that we can really aim for or, or design yeah. them for. It's, yeah. not, it's not a design thing. It just takes playfulness and creativity. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm, I'm taking for, um, from our conversation today. And I think attentiveness to what what that community as an organism even is, you know, it's like any it's like any relationship. People talk about marriage being it's a it's a partnership that's its own thing in addition to the two people being involved in it. I, I think communities that only even greater on you know, in terms of scale is, yeah, the, the being paying attention and being responsive to what what the thing is that exists between all of the people involved. And figuring out how to nurture that is it's going to look different for everyone it's going to look different for every single combination of people um and so i'm yeah i'm less interested in kind of what are the rules and, and basic principles of what makes it successful and a lot more interested in what is what does it feel like is needed for this particular community organism at this time and how can we serve that creatively and with joy yeah, absolutely. Well, this this has been an amazing conversation and an amazing series for me. And I think that from yeah. each of them, I took at least one great idea, which which makes it all uh, worth it and a great joy to make. And you know, maybe the next time we talk for this series, it's going to be uh, according to popular demand. We'll just need to hear from people that they actually want to hear us <laughs> talking because we're doing this in an unsolicited way. Um, Absolutely. We're, we're foisting this on people that did not ask for it. But you know yeah. what? The next time we do this, it will be by popular demand and we should do it in person in our own creative retreat. Amen. And it would be amazing. <laughs> Amen. And until then, we'll just keep on talking privately. So yeah. thanks so much, Catherine, for, um, for just, uh, yeah, being creative with me here. Thank you. This has been such a pleasure and joy. <laughs>